Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Could you do it? Could you not bend the knee for 33 years or longer? A California man spent 33 years in prison for attempted murder. He has now been declared innocent and freed. Daniel Saldana, 55, convicted in 1990 for opening fire on a car containing six teenagers who were leaving a high school football game in East Los Angeles. Two students were wounded but survived. The attackers mistook the teens for gang members. Saldana was 22 at the time of the shooting, worked full-time as a construction worker. He was one of the three men charged with the attack. He was convicted, six counts of attempted murder, one count of shooting at an occupied vehicle, and was sentenced to 45 years to life in state prison. Boy, you don't get those convictions back anymore. But in February, a Los Angeles district attorney's office learned that another convicted attacker had told authorities in 2017 during a parole hearing that Saldana was not involved in the shooting in any way and he wasn't even present during the incident that former district attorney didn't say anything I just forgot to say something what are you going to do you know what maybe I didn't even hear it so that caused him to spend another six years in prison before the district attorney's office reopened the case and declared him innocent He was saying it's a struggle every day, waking up knowing you're innocent. And here I am locked up in a cell crying for help. And I know everyone is innocent in prison. This is me speaking, not Daniel. I get it. But he said, I'm just so happy this day came. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Uh, they're They're still investigating who's responsible for the wrongful conviction. And of course they are. I'm sure they're going to dig deep for that. But one of the things that is uh, is surprising to me is that he had an opportunity for parole at least six times. Now, he was denied those parole offerings those six times, largely because he refused to admit guilt. He would not bend the knee to the parole board and admit guilt, which cost him you know, years in prison. Amazing. I don't know that I could do it because you want to get out of there. So it's a matter of, yes, I admitted that I did it, but I just did it because I wanted to get out of there. No. Daniel Saldana said, no, I will not bend the knee. Amazing. Amazing. 33 years in prison. And he could have bent the knee a lot sooner to get out and wouldn't do it. Incredible. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. More, uh, more crime as we go, uh, as we move along here on Chewing the Fat. A story that has just gnawed at me the entire Memorial Day weekend. If you're listening live, today is the 30th of May, 2023. We're just coming off of Memorial Day weekend, a three-day weekend. And this story has gnawed at me. For the entire weekend. So, several packages of cocaine washed up on Dauphin Island uh, in Alabama. Dauphin Island is off the coast of Alabama. It's in the Gulf of Mexico. It's beautiful. 
Uh, it's right there where Florida and Alabama meet, and it's it's gorgeous. So uh, there were 25 kilos valued at $45,000 each. Okay. <laughs> now, a pair of beachgoers searching for seashells on the West End who found them or reported it to police. That's how we know about it. You found 25 kilos. Now, I'm hoping. I am hoping with all my heart. The only thing that saves me about this story is that perhaps there were 30 kilos and they did the chewing the fat plan where (laughs) there were 30 kilos and we're going to turn in 25 we're good samaritans and man we're we had to turn this stuff in we were out looking for seashells and we had to turn these in so so you have the police saying, yeah, something like this falling into the wrong hands could have been catastrophic. And we recovered the drugs and we've we've contacted Homeland Security and we are looking for it. We're most likely the drugs were tossed off a boat. Uh, thank you, detective. And <laughs> uh, so I'm just saying the only thing that makes me half feel good about this story is that this family or these two people these two beachgoers out searching for seashells on dolphin island on a beautiful day decided that you know we can't take it all and we need to we don't want the cartels after us we don't want the police after us look here's what we found 25 kilos i know so it was all washed up on the beach here we've got to call the police Hurry up and put the other five in the trunk. <laughs> uh, more on crime. Uh, more on crime. Uh, on Friday during What's the Lie, one of the uh, one of the headlines during What's the Lie was millionaire's elaborate jail escape plan foiled in Florida. That was a true story. That was not the lie. And I love the story. It's about this uh, multimillionaire's attempt to break out of jail. I mean, he's no Joaquin El Chapo Guzman, but he thought he was. So they have foiled his attempt. He's an elderly businessman. He's like 78 now. He's in jail. Uh, His name is John Manchek. And he had enlisted all these people to help him escape the Indian, according to the Indian River County Sheriff. Uh, Essentially, the plan comes down to this. These folks are on the outside. They're going to wait until Manchek has a doctor's visit. And then they're going to take out the correction staff while he's out at the medical facility. The plan called for Manchek's employees to pepper spray prison guards, take him to his private plane in nearby Fort Pierce so that he could fly to France. He has a uh, dual U.S. and French citizenship. He was arrested in 2014 on 49 child pornography charges. Then uh, he left the country to avoid prosecution after posting a $500,000 bond moved to his medieval estate in southern France, the Chateau Petrigal. Uh France denied U.S. attempts to extradite him, but he couldn't just stay there. He ended up having to go to the Dominican Republic. I guess, I'm guessing he was like, I can't do this. I need some more pornography. <laughs> uh, or I need some uh, illegal uh, sex in my life. So uh, I'm going to go to the Dominican Republic. And then... Uh, 
he was arrested there and eventually returned to Florida. Now, he had requested permission to leave jail in January, which was denied. The escape plot centered around this medical appointment, and at least one of the people involved tipped off law enforcement, allowing investigators to unravel the plot. <laughs> Uh, so he tried to I mean they were they had his plane prepared they had his 140 foot yacht prepared a military utility van and other vehicles purchased for the escape attempt he even paid the bail for a cellmate and then allowed them to live in his home and that person helped prepare for the escape uh down to packing a suitcase with his favorite liquor isn't that special so all he had to do was get to the get to the doctor's office and then he could be back to his castle in France. Uh -uh, nope, not happening. So now he's back in jail with additional charges related to the escape. Two inmates and two employees were also arrested and charged with conspiracy in the escape plot. Wow. Plus, he's still going down or they're going to attempt to take him down for the child pornography investigation. What a douchebag. And I might as well recap another story, too. On Friday, we talked about the South Korean uh, airline that had the emergency exit door kicked open while it was still in the air. It was 700 feet in the air. It was on its, uh, on its attempt to landing. It was on its way down to land, not to crash. And the guy just opened the door. And remember, I thought it was just a bet. He sat there the whole time during the flight going, oh, man. I, you're not going to, you don't have the guts to cook it over that door. Kick it open. Go ahead. Kick it open. And so he finally did on the descent to land. But no, he claims now that uh, he felt suffocated on the hour long flight. So he yanked open the door, sending air rushing <laughs> into the cabin. The video is amazing. And so he's, and this is, this is what he gets for this though. If convicted, and he's already said he did it, uh, he's uh, violating aviation security law. He faces a maximum of 10 years in prison. Yeah. How oh, you thought you felt suffocated in that airplane for an hour. <laughs> Good luck with 10 years in prison my friend good luck i also was concerned that i thought the emergency doors couldn't be open during flight i thought you couldn't kick them open like that and apparently you can't um the difference in air pressure inside and outside of the aircraft hello but because they were descending to land the uh, they were like 700 feet above the ground with that low altitude that there wasn't much difference in pressure so he was able to open it up so he picked the perfect time to do it which is why i thought it was a joke but no it was not a joke he felt suffocated okay all right all right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. How about that ending to succession, huh? How about that ending to succession? How about that ending to fatal attraction, huh? How about those endings? I know, I know. I got an email, chewingthefat at theblaze.com. By the way, you can email anytime your little heart desires, chewingthefat at theblaze.com from uh, Susan, who was saying uh, in her email, lots of shows ending. Mrs. Maisel, not sure if you watch this, excellent finale, one of the best. Uh, I, I got burned out on it. I, I started on it, and then I never went back to it. Probably will now that the writer strike is on. Uh, it's a show to watch that I have still have 
plenty to watch and get caught up. Fatal Attraction, according to Susan, terrible ending. Uh, yeah, although I kind of saw it coming a couple of episodes before, but you're right, they really didn't set it up a whole lot uh, different. It was just like, uh, okay, this is what how we're going to end it, and uh, that's it. I really, I know, I know. Succession loved the ending. The whole broken family is filled with horrible broken people. <laughs> a happy ending would not have been fitting. No question. No question about that. I don't even, I think it was almost too happy. <laughs> too happy of an ending. I mean, that scene, and I know it's a spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, but it was, you know, get over it. Uh, that scene of them in the kitchen as adults being kids again, uh, how they never left. I mean, that's how they were their entire life. Really, really kind of tough to watch. Uh, knowing that that's the life that they had and now they want to be in charge of everything. Ooh, I know. And so now Susan asks what to watch. Uh, you should start watching From It's Excellent Season on Friday. I know. I actually I almost wanted to start watching that. It's kind of like, I think it's from the guy who created Lost. And I, I, it's, uh, you know, you go into the city, you can't get out. And I, I almost started watching it a little while back, and then uh, I didn't for whatever reason. I'll get to it. It's kind of like uh, similar to the Netflix show, uh, what was it called? The In-Between, where people were dying. I, I know the, the plot is a little bit different, but these people are locked into the same area and are trying a way to get out. Um, it was okay. I wanted the in-between to be better than it was. And then we still have the dead. I mean, Fear the Walking Dead, the last couple episodes have been really good. My Talking Walking Dead episode that usually, uh, you know, we put up on Monday, we couldn't because of the holiday. And now everybody's schedule is, uh, you know, kind of mishmashing. So we'll try to get an episode of Talking Walking Dead up um, this week. But if not, we'll do a quick double TWD next week i will say i was very disappointed about one thing in this fear of the walking dead episode <laughs> and we'll talk about it on the actual talking walking dead podcast we can talk about it here for just a moment uh, i had a theory of who i believed someone to be that we didn't know who that someone was uh until and that was last week now this week we've come to find out that my theory was not right. And it hurt. It hurt. It hurt me to realize that my theory was not right. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR. Uh, Instagram and Facebook is Jeff Fisher Radio. You can always email the show, as I said, ChewingTheFat at TheBlaze.com. You can follow me on YouTube, uh, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Posted a couple of shorts there. I'm going to be doing more and more of those on YouTube. And you can always order a cameo from me. Uh, at Jeffy JFR on Cameo. Cameo is my pimp. Just tell them what you need. Happy, sad, glad, mad, mean, and place the order. And I'm here for you at Jeffy JFR. I mean, we still have some sports to watch. We have the NHL Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, the Florida Panthers and the Vegas Golden Knights begins Saturday night, June 3rd. Um, the Panthers have been sitting around, uh, you know, partying with their skates up on the stool. So we'll see, uh, how that holds up. Um, I saw a stat last night as I was watching a little bit of the game against, uh, Vegas and Dallas. Woof. 
Dallas got their butts kicked. Uh, Vegas was saying, we are going to the Stanley Cup Finals, okay? Uh, And so the stat was like a team has never won after taking like nine days off or whatever. And I think the Panthers, when this game starts on Saturday, will have been nine days off. So Vegas may, uh, you know, may win the Stanley Cup Finals. The NBA championship is now set. Uh, The Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat begin their uh, championship games on Thursday night, on June 1st, by the way, of uh, 2023. Uh, And Denver has been just like the Florida Panthers. They've been hanging out, just going, you guys uh, let us know when you're ready. We're just over here, uh, you know, (laughs) we're over here at the bar, and uh, we just let us know when you want us to play. So (laughs) we'll see. I don't know. Uh, It just feels like those resting teams could be, you know, it works either way right and this this is the sports prognosticator in me uh that you either are too rested and you need to you know it takes a while to get the blood running again and the other team comes in and kicks your butt because they've been playing they're tired but they've been playing and they're ready to go and same with basketball right so both these teams hockey and basketball uh the teams that have been playing are tired and it's been a long series but they're still in it their blood is still pumping uh, the Panthers and the Nuggets have been sitting back at the bar, smoking cigars and having drinks, waiting for another team to show up. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We still have those to watch. Anyway, that's you know kind of good news, right? And you know, I started this weekend because of the ending of these shows. I was looking for something else to watch, and uh, I started watching Deadwood again. My gosh, what a great show. Um, fantastic show. If you have not seen Deadwood on HBO, I'm sorry max you know what let's get off on that for a second i want just i'll just i gotta remember to get back to hbo and max okay so deadwood started watching deadwood again fantastic uh shows my gosh i started watching just i started watching from you know season one episode one and they are so good that show was really really good and is really really good it still holds up man it's fantastic so if you have a chance and you haven't seen deadwood absolutely go back and watch the series on hbo max and then they of course you know ended the series and then they ended came back with the movie and we've been all through that but uh well worth well worth watch i mean the sopranos were great succession was great six feet under was great i'm just talking about hbo shows now but deadwood i don't know deadwood might be number one uh, I got to tell you, I started watching that first season again, and it's still really, really good. Okay, so let's go back to HBO and Max, all right? I do not like the new logo. I don't know what, I, I don't like Max on my screen. I keep thinking it's Cinemax. Uh, I, I don't I don't know why, why HBO is the brand. And I got, I got the, all the little reasoning behind it. But I don't know. And it was fun to talk about HBO going to be Max. It's HBO Max. But it was still HBO. And to take HBO out of the picture, uh, I think, defeats what it was. And and again, you know, they did not consult me. Uh, I was not consulted in any of this. I just know that it irks me to see Max on on my streaming app screen when it should be HBO. And so that's where we're at. (laughs) (laughs) still the great content that it always was but it's just max now yeah 
Yeah, I know. I got it. Who died today? Who died today? Well, we have Ed Ames. Ed Ames. You'd know him if you saw him. Uh, TV star and uh, hit-making singer. He is dead at the age of 95. Ed's been around for a while. Now, I will say that uh, no cause of Ed's death was given. So you start looking at me like that, you know, it's possible, but... I didn't say it because no cause was given, okay? If you're not sure who Ed Ames is, now he was in a lot of shows, uh, Daniel Boone, he played Indian and stuff, but his big moment that made him a star forever was on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Remember the scene of the guy that throws the tomahawk at the outline of the cowboy and hits the cowboy right in the groin? Yes, that was Ed Ames. Ed Ames, dead at the age of 95. Then we have George Maharis. George Maharis, star of Route 66. You remember Route 66, don't you? The popular 1960s CBS series? <laughs> of course you do. Well, he's dead at the age of 94, George Maharis. Sorry about it, George. Now, I remember he was, uh, he was on Route 66. I mean, it was a big show at the time. And then he left. He contracted hepatitis. And uh, the doctor, then he tried to come back after a couple months. And he started getting sick again. And the doc said, you got to give it up. He claimed it took him a couple of years to get back uh, to actual work again uh, because of the hepatitis. And so, I, you know, hello. Uh, I guess it worked out okay. He lived to be 94 years old. But uh, you've seen him in a lot of other stuff, too. And he played in a lot of, you know, in the... In the days of all the shows that I like to joke around about, the uh, Quinn Martin productions. I mean, he played on Marcus Welby, Night Gallery, Macmillan and Wife, The Bionic Woman, Fantasy Island. He was on all of those. And I know those are not all Quinn Martin productions, but you know what I mean in the uh, 70s show. He was in the miniseries Rich Man, Poor Man, too. Whatever, man. That, during the time when that aired in the, I don't know, mid to late 70s, that was a monster show. For television. So, George Maharis dead at the age of 94. We have one more. Milt Larson. Milt Larson. The Magic Castle co-founder and TV game show writer. Dead at 92. I know. I know. It doesn't say what he died of either. So, don't look at me like that. I'm just, you know, I'm just passing you the news. Okay? <laughs> He worked as a writer for TV game shows for years with Bob Barker and uh, Truth or Consequences, I think was his big show. And then he transformed the Gothic Renaissance Mansion in Hollywood as the Academy of Magical Arts. It's the place, the Magic Castle. Man, he's the guy. So he's the guy with the Magic Castle. And he's done so much more with his life in Hollywood. And he produced shows and he was a big part of that Hollywood renaissance. And he was also a collector. Um, he, uh, he has uh, relationships with uh, all these old legendary performers. So he has memorabilia from those days of vaudeville as well as 78 RPM records. But it'd be very, very interesting to listen to some of that stuff, man. I bet you it is fantastic. Anyway, Milt 
Larson dead at the age of 92. Okay, so when we talk about houses of the hoity-toity, sure, we can talk about, you know, Jeff Bezos's new place that he purchased for $175 million in Beverly Hills, and it's been under construction. Then the construction stopped, and now it's back up and running again. I guess construction uh, people, crews are on the site. The 10-acre beachfront private estate <laughs> with the three-story main home guest house gym uh, security guard house, you know, all of it uh, is all there. Retaining walls, all of it's beautiful. It's wonderful, you know. Plus, let's not forget when you talk about houses of the hoity-toity. I mean, Bezos has got his uh, Art Deco block in Manhattan's Upper West Side. That was the four apartments there. Doesn't say what he paid for that. And then he's got the twenty-three million dollar dump in Washington D.C. <laughs> and I think he has more than one place in. Beverly Hills as well in Los Angeles. I mean, you can't have just one place in in Los Angeles because you got to be up in the hills and then you want to be close to the city sometimes. So you've got to have at least two places to stay. That's just, you just have to. <laughs> so while he'll have some place to show up to once he's done gallivanting the planet on his new yacht with uh, the new wife-to-be, the fiance, who, by the way, I will say, uh, whew, Lauren, man, you got to lay off the fillers, baby. Just please lay off the fillers. And I, and I know if Jeff likes it, then you're going to do it. I understand. And I know you're happier than ever. And you finally found someone that you can just spend your life with. And you're just happier than, than, a, than a pig and poop. I know you are. But lay off the fillers, please. Just tell Jeff, hey, Jeff, I can't. I can't do this anymore. Okay. My lips are too, my lips are too big. <laughs> she's not telling Jeff that she's just not she's just not get him on the phone I'll talk to him about it but she's not telling Jeff that at all but when you're speaking of Los Angeles and the houses of the hoity-toity I would be more uh, interested in seeing this homeless man's tent who gave a local news outlet a tour he's got a uh, full power supply a projector a laptop and a sound system why do you need a home well that is your home so Pedro Ramirez said he uses a generator to power the devices and a hotspot for Wi-Fi. I'm not doing anything wrong, according to Pedro. I'm not stealing power from anyone. It makes me feel like I'm home. According to Pedro, he charges his generator and electronic devices at a metro station in Hollywood. Guess we provide that, so... Yeah, I mean, it doesn't say you can't wheel in your generator and recharge that. Ugh. When asked about going to permanent housing provided by the government, he said, no way. They treat us like prisoners in there. You can't even take a lighter in there. They won't let you take razors to shave. So he's lived in his tent for two years. It took him a week to set it up. It has wall-to-wall carpet, an air bed. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, if you're homeless and you can pull that off, that is awesome. I know that many people that are homeless are not living as well as my man, Pedro Ramirez, but uh, I get, you know, why not if you can? I know the cameraman said, this is better than my apartment. Now, that's a quote from the story. Is it better than the cameraman's apartment? Doubtful. But that's what you would say if you're out there shooting and you're being, trying to be nice to the guy. Wow, it's really nice. It's better than my apartment. Okay. All right. Thank you. 
Oh, and I need to thank Sky News, at least uh, skynews.com.au. I'd like to thank you personally for listening to this podcast, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Uh, I really appreciate you listening, and I would hope that you would do as other uh, subscribers do, and that is uh, tell your friends and family to subscribe to Chewing the Fat. In fact, in your stories that you get from me, just give me credit. I, I, that's all. That's all. I don't even, I don't want any money from you. Well, uh, you just give me credit because I see a head, a big headline story, uh, over this past weekend, uh, saying, uh, beginning of the end, Meghan Markle is absolutely separating from Prince Harry. Um, yes. And that's happening. Uh, I, which has been predicted on this show quite some time ago. So I appreciate you coming along for the ride, skynews.com.au. Yes, it's going to happen. And by the way, I uh, I feel like you've kind of turned it around a little bit. So it's like Megan is going to throw Prince Harry back to the wolves. I think it's going to be the other way around. I think Harry is going to say, nope, I've had enough of you. And he's just going to be gone. Megan's going to wake up on the west side of the Montecito estate and Harry's going to have the kids and they're already going to be on a flight back to London. And the next time you see Harry, it's going to be him getting out of the limo, getting into, <laughs> heading into Windsor with the kids. <laughs> that would be tremendous if that were to happen. And I believe that it will. Now, that having been said, I will say that I never thought uh, Elizabeth Holmes would end up in jail. And today, the uh, Theranos founder is expected to report to a Texas federal prison to serve an 11-year sentence for defrauding investors. She was convicted, of course, last year of fraud and conspiracy relating to her Silicon Valley blood testing startup. (laughs) (laughs) but uh, I didn't think she'd ever end up in jail, man. She fought it quite some time, but she's headed there. She's supposed to begin her 11-year sentence today at the Minimum Security Bryan Prison Camp in Texas. Now, inmates, according to this, at Bryan Prison Camp, uh, traditionally kick off their time in Bryan by working in the kitchen for 90 days. Man, that sounds like fun, doesn't it, Liz? I'm not real sure what to make of this story. So I've had this story in the fat pile for a while and I keep blowing past it. And so I thought I'd finally share it with you. Officials at a hospital in Western Germany have expressed regret after it emerged that one of their surgeons got a cleaner to assist in a toe amputation. Now, okay, so the the, the deal is is that they were pissed because there was nobody to help the doctor assist in this toe amputation. So he sees this cleaner, this hospital worker, and says, Hey, (laughs) what are you doing? Uh, Why don't you come here? Okay, I need you to help me. I've already got this patient here. I've already given him local anesthetic. Uh, let's go. I need you to hold the man's leg and pass a couple of surgical instruments to me and we'll all be fine. Okay. So I realized that the cleaner had no medical experience, but he wasn't doing anything medical. 
he was holding the guy's leg and passing the instruments that the doctor requested to be passed. So it would seem to me that the hospital would be at fault for not providing this doctor uh, ample employees to do his job. Uh, But that's just me. So, and the only reason they really found out about it is, I guess, the hospital manager uh spotted the cleaner with bloody gauze pads in his hands in the operating theater. And this should never have happened. Well, okay, why is that the doctor's fault? It doesn't say that because of that, the guy's toe is still there and he couldn't cut it off. In fact, they cut off his whole leg because of the cleaner. No, he just performed the surgery. Really weird. I, I'm not sure I I get it. I know that, you know, the guy is not, uh, you know, a nurse or an anesthesiologist or, you know, uh, an emergency room or a surgery room uh, helper. I got it. But and those emergency room and surgery room helpers, man, they are great. But anyway, I just don't understand why it's such a big deal. The guy it just seems like you had to get your toe amputated. So who cares who's holding your leg and handing the knife to the doc? Well, apparently this hospital does. Okay, animals are fighting back. And no, I'm not talking about the guy in Florida who lost his arm to the 10-foot alligator. Now, I know that, look, he fell into a pond. He came out of a bar. He needed to relieve himself. He went started walking toward the pond, tripped, fell in the water, and the gator was like, ooh, food, and a bit off his arm. And then his buddies rescued him, pulled him out, and uh, they finally got the gator, and they euthanized him. <laughs> it doesn't say, I don't believe he got his arm back, though. Uh, I think the arm was still in the gator, and it was not going to be glued back on the guy. But uh, he was taking it in great stride, saying, I lost an arm, it's not the end of the world. Yes, that's very true. Uh, you did lose an arm, and it is not the end of the world. And it's not really animals fighting back. Uh, you should not have fallen into his territory. Uh, you were uh, inebriated and fell into his territory, and the gator was like, ooh, how you doing? <laughs> uh, that looks like something I could eat. And then he realized it wasn't, so you lived. All right. But now we have whales that are attacking boats. They're take, attacking yachts off the coast of Spain. Right? So animals are kind of fighting back. Uh, we've had a three boats have been sunk by orcas in the Iberian coast since 2020. Uh, yeah, I know. It appears to be a coordinated effort by the killer whales to attack ships in the area. Holy cow. (laughs) So the leading theory is that a female orca suffered a traumatic incident with a boat, a critical moment of agony that caused her to start attacking the vessels. Because there have been some attacks where the boats did not sink. They were just ramming the boats and, you know, being threatening to the boat, but they didn't sink them. So, yeah, because the majority of the disruptive interactions between the orcas and the boats off the Iberian Peninsula have been brief, caused minimal physical damage to the vessels, so we're fine. And this was, of course, uh, published in the journal Marine Mammal Science, so it's got to be true. But on uh, at least three occasions, including one incident this past month involving a sailing yacht, the orcas sank the boat 
<laughs> they are, we've got a gang of orcas out there sinking ships and they're getting stronger and smarter every day. So just watch yourself. Just watch yourself. And those of you that laughed at Norway warning residents to stay away from the friendly whale, uh, maybe you're not, maybe you don't take them so silly anymore. The beluga whale that experts say was a Russian spy. I mean, it had a little camera on its head. <laughs> it was an adorable little sea creature. And uh, it just, it has an underwater camera on it. And it's a trained uh, whale. And they believe that it's trained by the Russian Navy. So when you start thinking, no way, a beluga whale. It's kind of, a beluga whale is kind of a, it's, it's not as big as an orca. That's for sure. But it still could do some damage. It's more dolphinish, uh, a little bit bigger than a dolphin, but it's more dolphinish than, you know, a giant killer whale. And so, you know, showing up and being nice and, uh, you know, giving a little bit of love to humans is great. But, you know, now it's got cameras on it and it's got people feeding them. So Norway's like, no, 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 that is a Russian spy. Leave it be. Don't be doing anything with the stupid beluga whale. Uh, that's the Russian Navy. Okay. <laughs> so don't be laughing. I'm hoping that the pod of orcas that are sinking ships uh, don't have anything to do with those bastard Russians either. But I don't know that. And neither do you. All right. I'm going to leave you with uh, a few things to ponder today. Things to ponder, some pondering. I saw 10 things to ponder uh, on some social media thread, and I thought, oh, that's, that's some pondering right there. So I thought I'd share it with you, okay? 10 things to ponder. Number one, if the number two pencil is the most popular, why is it still number two? Number two. Why do we press harder on the remote control when we know the batteries are getting weak? Because, I'll tell you, the answer to that is because it will make it work. Okay? <laughs> It'll make it work. That's like turning the radio down when you're looking for directions, trying to find a place. Okay? It works. It has to be quiet to find the place. It just has to be. Uh, number four, or number three, why are you in a movie but on TV? These are just things to ponder here on Chewing the Fat. What was the best thing before sliced bread? Well, hello, just a freshly baked loaf of bread. Uh, number five, uh, why do we drive on parkways and park on driveways? That's a good question, actually. Why do fat chance and a slim chance mean the same thing? Actually, they don't. Um, fat chance means it's, you know, not gonna happen at all uh slim chance means there's a shot you still got a shot slim chance of that happening that means you still got a shot fat chance yeah you don't have a shot it's over uh number seven why do british people never sound british when they sing you know that's a good question there's a whole bunch of british people sounding like americans just to get work and i for one i guess i'm okay okay with it because there's a lot of really good characters but some people are not okay with it. Number eight, at a movie theater, which armrest is yours? Here, allow me, allow me to answer that for you. The one I have my arm on. <laughs> it's 
It's a good question, though. I would believe that most people believe that... I believe that most people believe that the armrest on the left is your armrest because you're usually uh, dipping your fat face. <laughs> you're usually dipping your fat hand into the popcorn container, right? So if you're left-handed, poof, sit on the end, baby. So uh, number nine of things to ponder... Uh, why are there no B batteries? That's a good question. Uh, we have to go to the Congo to find the answer out to that. And number 10 uh, of things to ponder today on chewing the fat. Why do people say heads up when you should duck? <laughs> they just want you to be aware that something is coming your way. And so do a quick heads up to see if you can spot what's coming your way. And if you can't, duck. But sometimes you don't heads up fast enough before it's too late and you should have ducked. And you get dinged in the head. I know. It's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.